0: The world didn't need another hockey podcast. It needed a better one. Bear witness to the two-man forecheck. Happy New Year, Chris. Happy New Year, Mike. Uh, We are very, very near the beginning. Uh, We are very, very near the halfway point of the season. We are closing in on the All-Star festivities. Uh, In fact, the NHL released their list of 32, and everyone gets to vote on more. Um, so we're going to take a look at one of the awards uh, a little bit today. We're going to talk about some injuries and we're going to talk about some burgeoning player superstars or at least stars um, and a guy who is uh, apparently on the decline. Um, one or two other things in, in the mix. Where do you want to start first?
1: Oh, oh. Uh. Choices, choices, choices. Um. Well, since it's a new year and we have new things, let's start with the the league that refuses to name its franchises. The PWHL actually started their um their burgeoning young new season and uh, new league this weekend and. My understanding is that they are pretty – they have been pretty successful. In fact, one story that I found in The Athletic that I didn't know was uh, Ottawa and and Montreal played. And even though Ottawa lost, the head coach uh, took to the microphones and was in awe of the fact that where typically she only have a few reporters in the interview room. She had two dozen, and she had seven microphones in front of her. Uh, And it turns out that the announced crowd at the game was not only large, but record-setting. They had 8,318 people show up for this game which breaks the record from some game in Sweden from two years ago, three years ago, 8,300 people attended a PWHL event, you know, and teams don't even have names yet.
0: Look, we've criticized the execution of the league's branding.
1: Well, they, well, they also executed the PHF, but yeah,
0: yes, that too. Um, but in terms of the on-ice product, I have zero complaints. I watched the Boston-Minnesota uh, game, and aside from the fact that Minnesota won, um, yeah. it, was a, it was a good game. Uh, it was good speed. There were hits. There were great shots. There were blocks. Um, the goaltenders were absolutely fantastic. Um, it, was, it was a very high-quality uh, hockey game um i i'm not going to oh. call it a rousing success because i want to see how well everyone plays after the excitement of playing you know the first handful of games wears off but uh, you know in the tech in the, in the tech world they talk about the different types of leadership uh, or different areas of companies that will lead. Some companies are led by their sales team. Some companies are led by a very strong executive function, a CEO or a president who drives everything. And some companies are led by product.. Uh-huh. Right now, the best thing going on for the PWHF absolutely or PWHL is the product. Getting to watch Hillary Knight play, getting to watch um, any number of these women who starred in the two leagues that contributed to this, plus hockey, uh, plus college hockey, and women playing throughout Europe. This is going to be something we haven't seen before. Um, I genuinely still believe that they should have started with eight teams um, as a further differentiator from the NHL um i think it would have allowed more time on tv um more content for their youtube channel um and you should look for that uh it is linked on the pwhf website or you can search for them on you on youtube itself um because their games are all going to be streamed there um they're gonna have a pre- they have a presence on twitch um I, as I said, I have no complaints about the On Ice product. I wish the teams had names not particularly in love with the colors of the jerseys. And it looks really, 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 really weird to not see a jersey with a logo on it. Just a few letters. It, But in terms of the play, get at it, women. It's it's a great
1: product. Well. If did, if anybody did get to watch online with the or, or on Nessun, because all of the Boston games are going to be on Nessun. Uh, the Minnesota first overall draft pick Taylor Heisey looked like a number one overall draft pick in that game. Aaron Frankel, who came out of Northeastern, one of my favorite goalie schools that produced Caden Primo and. The current goaltender up in Buffalo, Devon Levi. A, she looked a little bit unsettled in the beginning, which is why I think that, I mean she gave up two goals in the first period, and it took Boston a little bit to settle in, and she settled in as well. gave up one more over the one more goal over the last two, which ended up being the game winner. But once she settled in, they looked really good. I one of the one of the things I noticed watching highlights from other games, and I'm, I am i want to say that she plays whoever play, – it was either Toronto's game or – the goaltender formerly with the Boston Pride, Katherine Schroeder, now plays for – actually, does she play for Minnesota? I don't know. But – wherever it is she's playing she still wears her Boston Pride mask she doesn't have a mask for her current team and I don't know if that's because they don't have a name or they don't have an image or some kind of logo but she's still wearing her Boston Pride goalie mask and it was like just a smacked a little bit of like I wanted to take it as irony like you broke up our league so I'm not taking this off but she probably didn't mean it that way Uh, just thumbing through this article real quick just to give you some numbers the arena TD Place also is the home for the OHL's Ottawa 67's Uh, isn't that where Matt Potra is from I believe so but keep going Yeah. they average 4,048 fans a night so the first PWHL game in Ottawa doubled that They use a black curtain to block off sections in the upper bowl to make the arena appear smaller. Um, The other thing about this particular is that Ottawa was not originally believed to be one of the original six teams in the PWHL. There's actually a little bit of NHL influence here because Gary Bettman is the one that told... The PWHL board that they should look into putting a franchise in Ottawa.
0: I think you're going to find that there's more NHL influence than the PWHF or PWHL is going to admit anytime in the next few years. I mean, you had Patrice Bergeron, retired uh, captain of the Boston Bruins, uh, naming the captains for the women's. Uh, for the PWHF Boston franchise. Um, again, Batman. And you're seeing other former NHL personalities and uh, around the league here and there. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what this league looks like five years from now because it will not surprise me if you see an arrangements similar to what's going on uh, with the WNBA where so, some of the franchises are owned by um, NBA uh, NBA owners.
1: Yeah. I mean, they, they, they clearly following some kind of game plan because a lot of the WNBA franchises are also located in cities that have or are very close to an NBA franchise. They're they're not building them in obscure places. And obviously we're seeing that here with Ottawa. It it is a little strange seeing Boston games being played in Lowell, which while, yes, it is the largest city in a certain area, but it's not Boston. The team is called Boston. Boston Red Sox play in Boston, Boston Bruins, Boston Celtics play in Boston. Uh, the only team that isn't and they're called New England Patriots they play in Foxborough you
0: know I think calling them the New New England franchise or the Massachusetts franchise would have been easier but Boston is a whole lot less letters
1: It um, it is but the talent is definitely there and it's going to be interesting just to see how this season progresses and whether they actually come up with franchise names before the end of the season um are they going to have some kind of trophy that I'm assuming they play for a trophy, but is that going to have a name like Pete, the PHF had the Isabel cup or Isabel cup, depending on how it's pronounced. The CWHL plays for the Clarkson cup. I mean,
0: at least one award. They might continue from what the, uh, the other, what was it? The NH, uh, the other North American Women's Hockey League had, um, but I have not heard anything about uh, about potential about the championship structure or award at at this point.
1: And the final thing I will say about this is. And I'm, I'm, to me, it seems a little bit, uh, 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 slightly impressive. And the, I don't have numbers for all six franchises, but as this story is about Ottawa, the Ottawa franchise has a season ticket base of 2,000 season tickets.
0: That's, that's pretty impressive, given that they weren't expected to exist in the first place.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> um, what's interesting is when you look at the franchises the of all places what I find weird looking at it is of all places we're told it's the hockey center of the universe and somehow the Toronto team has the smallest capacity of all six franchises uh, home arenas and it's not by a small amount the next uh, Montreal is going to play in two places this year the larger there too is over 10,000 seats the, uh, the Verdon Auditorium is 41 uh, 4114 total capacity of the Mattamy Athletic Center for Toronto is $2,539. I don't know if that's long-term viable for the league. I don't know what the contract with the arena is like, whether it's a two-year, five-year, year-by-year association. But you have to think in order for the league to grow in Toronto, you're going to have to have a larger arena. Uh, I mean, I... Yes, of all of of the arena of all of the teams, you know, Toronto is a much bigger city than anyone than any of the other cities except for New York, Um, and they have the smallest arena, which makes no sense to me. I mean, availability plays into it and uh, facility quality and everything like that, but that one's a little bit shocking. That said, going back to the product, two of your six captains are sure thing Hockey Hall of Famers. Hillary Knight and Kendall Coyne uh, Schofield. Yes. Yeah. Those are Boston and Minnesota's captains. I, it's going to be really, really hard for these two teams to be terrible or even bad when you have those players who are wildly respected. Not just in women's hockey, but in hockey overall. Um, so I really, really expect to see a, a good. Uh,
1: I just want to clean up one thing before we move on. It's not Katherine Schroeder. It's Corrine. It's Corrine Schroeder, and she plays for the New York franchise. Correct. And congratulations to her because she not only won her game, uh, for, but she's got the first shutout in PWHL history, and it is the first shutout of her career.
0: Nice. Um, current standings for the league uh, as of right now, um, and their next game. The next league game will be played Monday, January eighth. It will be Boston and Ottawa at six p.m. Eastern. Um, as of right now, Minnesota leads the league. Um, perfect uh, to date, two wins. Uh, six goals for two, two against uh, New York and Toronto are tied at 500. Um, and then uh, Montreal and Ottawa have each won a game um, or actually Montreal has won another game as won a game. And uh, Ottawa got a point for an overtime loss and uh, Boston having only played one game is uh, zero looking forward to their first win.
1: Yes. As are, as are the, as are we the fans. <laughs>
0: um, If uh, the next thing that I think they really need to touch up, particularly since, this is one of those things that plays a big part in revenue. I'm not even going to dive into it, but go to their store, go to the store for the PWHL. Um, there's not, and the sizes tend to run fairly small. Certain things are already sold out, and while it's good that they're sold out. You can't create revenue or capture revenue if there's nothing to buy.
1: Well, that, that's
0: just the way it works.
1: That ties back into the uh, franchises don't have names, logos, likenesses. You can't have a whole lot of merchandise. I mean, there were some generic PWHL knit caps, you know, winter knit caps in the stands. So they're clearly selling PWHL merchandise. Oh, they are. But until you get franchises that have something fans can emotionally attach to, name, logo, it's going to be tough to sell merchandise beyond a few things here and there. That being said, they did just start up June 30th. I mean, they managed to get all this done in half a year. First. No, no, they, they
0: start. Oh, right. Yes, that part. Um, One thing that I saw and heard during the Boston-Minnesota game that I absolutely love, and I think it's something that the NHL should look at adapting uh, three or four in a couple of years. Um, In the PWHL, if you score a shorthanded goal, you get your player back.
1: Interesting. I did not know that.
0: I think that is one of the smartest innovations and best ways of keeping control of the game in the players' actions that I've seen in hockey in the past
1: decade. It's more innovative than anything the NHL's done.
0: That's a given. I mean, you could. <laughs> I mean, 100 the monkeys, 100 typewriters, and you could at least equal the quality of rule changes in the NHL in the last so, decade and a half.
1: So the last innovative thing the NHL did was take the take the center line out of the um, offsides. I mean, uh, so you could have two line passes. And that was almost two decades ago. I mean, take it, you get your guy oh, back if you score a shorty. That's I, I kind of like that. I don't know. It sounds a little gimmicky, but I kind of like no, it.
0: No, no, no. I think it makes the penalty kill – making the penalty kill more aggressive should lead to more opportunities for both sides. You have a penalty kill that's too aggressive, and they're going to give up more goals. You have a penalty – you have a power play team that's too soft – and you're going to give up goals against and you're going to score, not, not just not score, but you're going to give up ground. I love this innovation,
1: literally L-O-V-E, this innovation. Fair enough. I didn't I didn't know that I didn't. I, I obviously missed the shorty that was scored. So,
0: At, well, it wasn't scored. It was tough. Ta- this was talked about.
1: Uh, oh, I completely um, – I missed I, the conversation. I was going to say – because I did watch the game, but
0: uh, – The broadcast team, top shelf. Um, yeah, no they, were,
1: they, were, they were excellent.
0: Uh, do we want to talk about the Jack, Adam, Jack Adams? I think we want to talk about the Jack Adams because – I want to talk about the Jack Adams most years. This is a, an award that just flat out goes to the team that has the most points. And there's still an argument to be made for Jim Montgomery because he had 30% of his roster, including at least one hall of famer and probably as, and and then another guy who's probably going to have his jersey um, is, probably, is, well, is probably going to get his jersey lifted in Boston in Bergeron, Krejci, retire. And he's still leading the division. He's still tied to the lead. But he's not actually my number one choice. He's not your number one um, Jack Adams guy? He's not. Um, he, might not actually, he, he might not even be my second
1: Jack Adams' choice, even though he's dealing with injuries to Grizzly, McAvoy, uh, Zaka. Uh, Look, never been a big Zaka fan, so meh. I I understand that. I'm just saying, he, he, when you have to, when you have to work around injuries to. Key players, and whether you like Zach or not, he's considered a key player. Whether you, you're with us that Charlie McAvoy is a Hall of Famer or not, he's a key player, or they consider him to be a key player.
0: Derek uh, Forbort, who is a uh, key player,
1: especially. Penalty kill. Yes. Derek Forbort is a key player in my eyes, and you haven't had him for. So you've been managing with. You've been managing with Georgi Mikulov. Uh, a rookie defenseman in Mason Lowry who has shown that he belongs uh, you're calling up Yester boquist who may or may not need to stay in the NHL I don't know uh, I I think they're doing him a disservice by putting him on 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 the commuter on the commuter rail uh, yeah I think he deserves more consideration than it sounds like you're willing to give him so who are your other two that you think are ahead of him
0: Look, as I said, I'm not discounting what Montgomery has done because it's a colossal task to have the heart of your team, the literal emotional epicenter, ripped out. And I've talked about how Brad Marchand seems to be doing all or at least most of the emotional labor. But there's two other coaches, maybe even three other coaches,
1: worth talking about ahead of him. That's why I asked, who do you have ahead of him? Uh, there are there are some other teams doing things. So one of them is a replacement
0: coach, John uh, Hines. He's added four uh, percent. He's four percent improvement on the penalty on the power play. Four okay. percent improvement on the penalty kill. Um, goals per game is up almost uh, over a quarter of a goal. Um, goals against per game is down over a quarter of a goal penalty minutes taken they're all, he's he's got them playing more discipline to the point where they're down effectively two full penalty minutes per game um, the record since he's taken over uh 13 seven and two versus 12 uh, 10 12 and 1 before um, they're allowing Less, They're allowing two shots less per game. Um, the top guy is actually playing like the top guy. Um, Matt Zuccarello was the team's leading scorer not very long ago. Kiro Kaprizov has finally passed him. I don't think you can overlook um, John Hines' And you can, there's a strong argument to be made that he is the front runner for the Jack Adams right now.
1: Okay.
0: I know some people are going to disagree with it, but remember, he took over a team that was floundering and was well out of a playoff spot. They're back in it looking like they were always there.
1: Uh, looking like they were always there. I mean, they're not... They're still... They're, they're still inconsistent.
0: They're still inconsistent, but they're noticeably better than they were. They climbed to a 500 record, which if you asked me before Heinz took over, I would say mm, probably not going to happen. Um... And it's, it's still somewhat disappointing as a fan hoping to hoping my team would acquire an asset or two from them, or at least potentially acquire an asset or two from them.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, the more teams that are in it, as we know, every single year, the fewer teams make trades and uh, make impactful trades heading uh, from basically now until the deadline. Um, I think that there's... A decent chance that had the had the new coach honeymoon not been uh, had that be, had that only been the case and not had been consistent that you might have seen three or four name players moved out of that roster between you know January first and the trade deadline. I Agreed. don't see that happening unless Bill Guerin is told. Tear it down and start
1: over. Yeah, I mean the argument against that though is that they're still five slots out of the out of the playoffs. They're two slots behind Arizona. They are the definition of a five hundred team at this point. Ten seven and two at home, seven ten and two on the road. They're literally five and five in their last ten. I mean. It,
0: Yes, but Cal- yes, Calgary it, yes is there's right an improvement. I and don't know that
1: I'm ready to anoint this guy as the as head coach of the year yet.
0: But we're not looking at their whole record when we talk about him. We're looking at his record. His record with the team is pretty impressive. 13-7 and 2. That's a whole lot better than the 10-2 and 1 before he arrived. Yes. Um, as for the teams in front of them, none of us expected Arizona to be fighting for a playoff spot.
1: Some of us predicted it, but yeah.
0: In terms of the wild card race, <laughs> yes, they are. But they're only three points behind Edmonton for the second wild card spot. Based on the win percentage, that they, the points percentage that they have now, um which is right around the 600 mark that that's enough to put them ahead of Nashville who's in the first wild card spot which which and
1: means, which means the west going, is squishy it's going
0: to push them right close to Dallas Dallas is going to hear them baying at their heels
1: yes which means that the west is squishy again so
0: i think the whole league is squishy this year
1: you've got Three teams: Edmonton, St. Louis, and the Kraken, all at 41 points. Arizona one point behind them. Calgary one point, two points behind, two points out. And like you said, Minnesota three points. I mean, the only three teams you can really rule out of a playoff spot in the West are the Ducks, the Hawks, and the Sharks. Everybody else is still in contention.
0: (laughs) Yes, which means we're probably going to have a very uh, minimalist trade deadline. Um, But the other team, the other head coach, Mm -hmm. the guy who I think needs to be on everyone's list, in addition to John Hines, this one, you you really don't need to do anything more than look at the bleeping standings.
1: Please tell me we're talking about thinking of the same guy. Please tell me we're thinking of the same guy. Rick Tockett. Yeah, I... Um you can't, you he's can't only the, deny what he's doing in Vancouver. It, like Vancouver
0: for all of the things that we knew about them last year has decided to throw all of those things out the window and say this is who we are and this is what we do. This is with and they've got they've got some injuries. I mean they're not have injuries they but they've got, you know, Uh, They've got three guys on the shelf, Um, but I think the goal differential for teams is one of the most indicative stats that there is. In 39 games, Mm -hmm. they are a plus 47. Yes. Plus 47. Do you know how many teams there are better than them? In, in uh, goal differential? Zero. Zero point 0.0 It's not the three teams at the top of the league because the Bruins are a plus 29. The Panthers are a plus 24. The Rangers are a plus 23. Um, the Jets, who probably deserve to be talked about a little bit more, are at a plus 34. Um, but literally no one else is in the 40s. And they played less games than a couple of the teams uh, ahead of them in the standings.
1: So some guy that I said I wanted an awful lot and everybody, when he had struggled last season, everybody jumped on my case about it. But um, that that JT Miller guy, I mean, he's doing all right, right? I mean, he leads the team in points.
0: He's a plus in the top 18. five or top seven or so in scoring a couple of weeks ago.
1: Yeah. So I mean, he's I on
0: was... pace to crack 100 points with cha- and ch- uh, and change this season In 39 games. He has 53 points. He's two previous points career behind pasta.
1: high.
0: Yeah. Previous career high was just, well, 99 points in 80 games two two seasons ago. Right. at this point at this pace he's probably going to set himself a new goal scoring record too he's had 32 each of the last two seasons he's got 18 and 39 um, you know you double you just double that uh, and okay. yeah you're right at that yeah. 32 33 goals again next year uh, this year.
1: He's on pace for like 36 37 38 somewhere in that range.
0: Um, But the other guy, and I think that where he is in the standings, is going to hurt him. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. Longtime listeners of the show will be unsurprised to hear this man's name come out of my mouth.
1: This is probably the one I'm thinking of because...
0: And, yeah, you're probably going to agree because there
1: is – I was going to add one name to your list, so go ahead.
0: John Tortorella. Yep, there it is. (laughs) Um, He's doing it with a goalie on his entry-level contract, Carter Hart, um, a list of defensemen that reads like a really big collection of number threes and number fours, and a forward group that, to put it bluntly, not only lacks a superstar, but probably legit, may well lack an all-star. That's not a minor accomplishment to have your team in the Mac and...
1: And
0: because of regulation wins, but you have the same, you have three periods with a game. You've got a positive goal differential, you've got a winning record both at home and on the road. No one No one more than 30 miles outside the Philadelphia metro area had this team in a playoff spot this deep into the season. This is great for hockey because Philly has been meh. Yeah. Um, This is great for hockey because Philly has been meh for a while.
1: It has been, but... He took he took over this team, and I don't know if they told him it was going to be I uh, I don't know if they told him it was going to be a rebuild. I don't know if he was expecting a rebuild. I. But you look at the names on the list, and it's a lot of yes, as you said, thirds and ports. I mean, Morgan Frost looks like he's the real deal, but and I like Morgan Frost. You got Ryan Paling. You got Scott Lawton, who's Cam Atkinson, who is, unfortunately, on the backside of the career, but still able to put the puck in the net. He's got eight goals and 18 points. Owen Tippett's on this team, an older Sean Couturier, Joel Faraby, who looks like he could be the real deal. And Travis Konechny is the team leader in points with a whopping 36. I mean, this, this is a team that's doing it... Uh, I don't want to say smoke and mirrors because I don't think it's that uh, magic. I don't think it's that. I just think they're doing it. It's a lot of grunt work. It's a lot of. They're giving a lot of attention to
0: detail and executing the things in your control, which is basically every John Tortorella speech ever made. (laughs) So true. Like. this, I mean, the Philadelphia Flyers are doing, this is a list, this is a group of players who are living up to their potential and who are greater than the sum of their parts. That's the definition of team. Like, literally the definition of team. Travis Konechny, as you mentioned, is not only a plus 36 points in 39 games and leading the team, but he's a plus 14 doing so, which means he's not feasting on power play points. In fact, he's only got two power play goals out of his 21. But he has five shorthanded goals this season. Imagine the swing in points for this team if they had had if they had got their player back after a shorthanded goal because he has five shorthanded goals. Scott Lawton has another shorthanded goal.
1: Ryan Paling has one. Um, Garnet Hathaway Scott has,
0: has two. Won. Garnet Hathaway has one. Yep. They might actually be leading the division if they got their player back
1: they got and 10 got shorties. even. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. Mm. When you can, and when you can the boast about had, shorties.
0: Yeah, Carter Hart,
1: nine
0: twelve save percentage behind a an offense that's probably not going to elect uh, behind a defense that's not going to elect any
1: All Stars. A not stellar defense. Yeah,
0: I mean his career save percentage is nine oh six. And he's, he's got a 9-12 uh, going this season in 22 games. They're not riding him hard. Um, and I believe he missed a couple of games at one point this season. But 25-year-old goaltender who's fighting above uh, above his expected weight class, I'll take it. Um and if you look – if you actually look at his numbers, he came in in the 18-19 season, played 30 games, had a 9.17 save percentage. It dipped the next year and then dipped again. But I'm willing to believe that this year's climb is not a because it's the third year in a row his save percentage has gone up. Um uh, 2021-22 season, 9.05 up from the 8.77 the year before, which is where he bottomed out. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Last season, the 22-23 season, 9.07 save percentage through 55 games, which is, you know, that's, that's what number ones are playing right now. And through 22 of the 38 games that they played to date, Nine twelve save percentage, picked up a shutout, even has an assist uh, to his credit. Um, and he's you know ten and seven, ten, seven, and three uh, this year. is it is he a world beater? No. Is he doing everything that he that should be expected of him? I think so. I I, I mean, look at the defenseman in front of him. This is a situation where Sean Couturier may be the best defender on the team, and he's a forward.
1: Yeah. You're not going to get any arguments from me. I think Torts is is definitely up there. I'm just thinking uh, what works against – what works against – Montgomery getting it again is that he won it last year. Yes, he has. Uh, uh, yes, they lost Krejci. Yes, they lost Bergeron. But instead of Pasternak, it, the talent level—it's like I was going to suggest Pierre Laviolette in New- for the Rangers, but to be quite honest, with the talent level of that team, I don't know that I can
0: and honestly.
1: I don't know that I can honestly suggest him because how easy would it be for somebody else to step in? I mean, you've got Panarin, you've got Zibanejad, you've got Lafreniere, you've got uh, on defense, you've got Norris Trophy winner, you've got uh, Aaron in in Fox, you've got DeAndre, K. Andre Miller, Ryan Lindgren, goaltending, Shesterkin should be, he seems to be struggling a little bit this season. But Jonathan Quick, not I can't point to any one thing and say that's the direct result of Laviolette being there. Whereas no. I can look at what Philly is doing and say this is a direct result of the head coach. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> because Tortorella is- preaches penalty preaches you know, penalty killing and and. and and how important defense is and and that players need to play a two-way game. I mean
0: So whether it's fair or not to Montgomery I think a lot of lists could well have him as their fourth place ballot this year.
1: I don't know if I'd put him in fourth. I'd still I'd still say he's a finalist in the top 3, but right now I don't think that I don't agree that he's the leader, yeah. I'm not sold on Heinz like you are. I, I want to see a little bit more. Clearly, by the end of the season, we'll obviously have a better uh, idea of what's going on. I would put Heinz behind Montgomery right now. I would have Tockett as number one. Uh, Tortorella as a close number two. Montgomery three, Heinz four.
0: I suppose that's as his- close to agreement as we're going to get. We have all the same names.
1: That's usually pretty good for us, yeah. <laughs> oh, Where I, to next? Uh, get the sadness out of the way. Go. Well, you're the one who put it up on the board here, unless you really want to not talk about it the decline and fall of, of uh, a man oh, yeah. that...
0: the decline and fall of one Alex Ander Ovechkin
1: it, it's, my it's question
0: a question thought my question before we actually get into this is this as much a Ovechkin decline or a team decline because one man doesn't make a team even when it's the greatest goal scorer of all time. Um, You look at goal score per game, the Washington Capitals are pretty well down there at 30th out of 30 teams, out of 32 teams. Goals against per game. Uh, They're pretty much, uh, they're middle of the pack at 21st uh, with, you know, 17. uh, uh, They're allowing where. Sure. Uh, They are allowing just under three goals against per game best team in the league. The Los Angeles Kings is allowing only 2.37. Mm-hmm. Um, Boston Bruins are allowing 2.66. And the San Jose Sharks are the only team allowing more than four goals per game. Um, that's uh, ungood by any measure, any point after like 1988. Um In terms of like penalty kill percentage, well, it, I mean, Washington is 17th in the league.
1: It's 79.8. Uh, and that, that is an issue. Uh, if you're allowing one out of every five power plays to score on you.
0: They're 27th in the league in terms of power play.
1: Um, Which is odd with Ovi out there because he just sets up shop and boom.
0: Well, here's the thing. In order for someone to score, most in most cases, mm-hmm. what has to happen first?
1: Uh, <laughs> well, depends on how far back into the play you want to go. You could say the first thing has to happen is that he has to have the puck passed to him, but yes. you have to win the face-off to start the play.
0: Um, but he has to get the puck. That's where I was going. Very yeah, simple. I figured
1: as much, yeah.
0: Um, and let's just for the giggles, mm-hmm. take a look at where the highest uh, Washington Capital is in terms of assists. <laughs> the highest is
1: John Carlson with I was, nineteen assists. I was going to say John Carlson without even looking. It's
0: a safe bet
1: because well, he doesn't have Backstrom right now, from what I understand, or is Backstrom back?
0: Looking at the team, it's Carlson, mm-hmm. Ovechkin, protest.
1: Well, he can't really assist himself, so
0: just total assists. <laughs> And then Rasmus Sandin, those are the only four players on the team with double digits in assists, and it's January 7th. January 7th. Okay. In terms of where does that put them in terms of league-wide, league, uh, league wide? you know, in terms of the assist race, Nathan McKinnon, shocking. Has 43 assists in 40 games. So yes, uh, for the math impaired, like myself, um, that would put him over a point per game, not counting the 22 goals that he has scored. Connor McDavid, 40 assists in 34 games. Quinn Hughes and that family is having kind of a good year. Uh, It would, again, be at a point per game without counting his goals as a defenseman. He has 39 assists in order to get down to a level where the, where a Washington capital appears on the list in terms of assist. Um, John Carlson, as we said, is first league wide. He would be tied for uh league wide. He is 78th in the rankings in terms of assists. And then everyone else on the team is worse than that. <laughs> So, well, Oving is not where he wants to be. Not where most of us expect him to be. Yeah. Um, and someone has, to, someone has to be able to move the puck, not just get it to him. Because, quite frankly, at this point, he's the only one you need to worry about in terms of goal scoring on that team. And um, or the only one most teams are going to show up to the rank worried about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is as much a case of the, I mean, Dylan Stro. yes, Dylan Strome, Anthony Manza, and Tom Wilson are ahead of Ovi. But if you're only going to cover one of those four players on any given yeah. shift, very very closely or double team one of those players on any given shift which of those four do you think it's going to be
1: uh, it's going to be Ovechkin yeah
0: it's going to be Ovechkin 99 out of 100 times in fact it might be Ovechkin 104 out of 100 times
1: yes um, he would be the he would be the most feared scorer even though there are three players with more goals ahead of him yes I would say he's the most feared scorer on that team.
0: Which brings us to two forks or two possibilities in terms of Washington going forward. Ovechkin was told at one point that he would never have to be on a rebuild.
1: Which That's the what Capitals... Statement. The owner told, Ownership him told him, yes,
0: you're never going to have to be on a rebuild. Well, I don't think I'm, they told him you're not good. You're never going to have to be on a team that um, it, that deserves the uh, sober quit that uh, Mike Milbury slapped on them several years back. The Capitals, because they're not <laughs> good. They're just not good.
1: Um, they are ungood.
0: They are double plus ungood at this point, um, because, being sixth, sixth, yes. in the metro.
1: So they're um, not in a they're not in a playoff spot. Uh, when when the silly season starts, and some would say it starts now because we've we've broached into a new year calendar wise. Is there a possibility? And this is this is blasphemy to be even be saying this because.
0: And that's one of the things. That's one of the forks. I don't
1: think that. I don't think that he wants. I think he wants to finish his career with one franchise, a la Bergeron, and 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 not be like um, Gretzky, who ended up playing for three or four franchises. But is there any possibility that? He gets moved.
0: I want to say no. Like, if you're asking my heart, my heart says no.
1: That's what I'm saying. I don't think 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 he wants to be moved. Well,
0: he has a no – he has a modified no-trade list and a no-movement clause that includes a 10-team no-trade list, which means –
1: well, he's not getting traded. To At the time Arizona. he
0: signed the contract, whether he ever thought it was likely or not, whether he thought it would get to that point or not, whether he believed he would have to pick up and pack up his family or not, he was open to the possibility of playing in a different jersey. Okay. Now, that that's only part of that equation because his cap hit is nine and a half million this season, next season, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the season after. Uh, I mean, the total payout for that is it's twenty million for the two season, the next two seasons, um, and whatever the remainder would be if he were traded now. If he were traded today, and just a hunch. I think he's going to include all of the teams that don't have a valuable number one center, starting with Boston. Um, on that yeah. list of teams, he's not going
1: to. He, he, he likes the he likes that there's somebody to pass him the puck. <laughs> he wants someone who can pass him the puck. Um,
0: would he look good in Dallas right now? Yeah, he would. Um, would he look good in Florida right now? Yeah, I I, I actually think he would. Um, The ice absolutely terrifying. Yeah, yeah, it is. Can any of those teams fit him under their cap situation? Uh, I don't know.
1: So, So, Florida. Who else did you say? Florida. Colorado. Colorado. I mean,
0: Colorado at this point has zero cap space. Yes. In fact, they're probably going to be over the cap and suffer a cap penalty next year.
1: Florida, Colorado. Um, Who was the other one you said? Dallas, Dallas. He's like, probably going to want to go to a team that's in the playoffs, but would Tampa Bay be an option?
0: Tampa Bay's cap voodoo make, convinces me that all things are possible.
1: Exactly. But this is why I, I brought it up.
0: <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, you might as well ship him up to Toronto at that point because their projected cap hit is several million over the actual cap. They have zero cap projected cap use. I mean, these are the teams with zero or – with. I mean, none of the teams in the league have all that much cap space this year. None. There's, what, eight teams no. with more than a million dollars in cap space, and the Winnipeg Jets are one of them?
1: Um. He's, the thing is, the people with cap space, he's not going to Buffalo. I mean – Chicago, maybe cap- – But they're not going anywhere. The Ducks. No. The Predators.
0: Like, literally the only team with anything like cap space that might work, the only two teams without, like, and they're still getting their roster, they're still getting their potential, are Winnipeg and the Flyers. I don't know that the Flyers have a defense that's going to make it appealing to him. Because he's not a big defensive guy. He's better than people rag on him about. Um, but
1: he could I go don't play in he, Detroit he where his heroes played. He could go play in Detroit where his heroes played. He
0: would, he would be playing with Patrick Kane and they'd probably score, the, the team would probably start averaging five goals a night.
1: Fedorov, Larionov, uh, Kozlov, Batisov, Konstantinov, uh, I mean, the Red Wings are known for their Russian players. They it, are. It would be interesting to see him there. I mean, does he solidify them into a playoff spot? Is would Dylan they have Larkin to to enough? Get
0: him on the roster.
1: But they have some cap. But they actually, unlike most of the league, they actually have some cap space. They wouldn't have to completely gut the team. But yeah, it would cost them pretty penny. The only team even remotely close is Buffalo. They have eight point seven million in projected cap space.
0: I mean, they could at this point in the season they could actually trade for him this year without and only trade assets, assuming Washington wanted to do it that way. Um without actually removing anything from the roster if they didn't want to. Um, they have all of their picks for the first four rounds the next three years. Um, They could trade, you know, they could send back Victor Olufsen, who's a right wing. They could send back. um,
1: I think he'd want to play with Olufsen though.
0: They could send back Jordan Greenway, who's a left wing. Um,
1: Don't know that that would be enough, though.
0: It would take a couple of first round picks.
1: But and could you see him? Could you see him on the left of Tage Thompson though?
0: That's very, very frightening.
1: <laughs> they'd have to. They'd have to trade Jeff Skinner.
0: I don't see that happening because I don't know that the Caps would want. Okay. I don't know that the Caps would want him. Um, although, yeah, Jeff Skinner has got their cap life. That's a very similar hit. Mm-hmm. Um, but Skinner's got that no movement clause. I forget he's that young. 31? He's only thirty-one. Um, I think I always, given how long he's been in the league, I keep thinking he's like 36, 37, uh, but he's not. True. He's having a solid season, more than solid season, 31 points in 37 games. Um, He should hit his thousandth NHL game at some point this year.
1: I believe the phrase is strike while the iron is hot um but so i don't, if don't know he happens if Sierra
0: is going to waive his no movement clause to get
1: out of Buffalo and to go to Washington
0: which is a or, which isn't a great team the neither
1: other half neither, <laughs> neither is buffalo neither what neither is buffalo
0: there's more to do in washington and it's closer to where he he lived for a decade in uh, carolina um the other fork in the road is: Can they find him a center? Because it's either no. find him a center, or watch him watch him
1: tarnish his reputation. I know, and they should go wanna, after Ryan Nugent Hopkins.
0: He's probably available
1: then maybe he won't be linked to Boston every five seconds because I don't want it.
0: It's more like every 12 seconds. Don't exaggerate.
1: I don't want him. I want Elias Lindholm. We know this.
0: You know, Ovi just, okay. Here's a fun line for you.
1: (laughs) Okay. Hit me with it. Ovi. Yeah.
0: Wilson. Centered by. Go ahead, you can say it, Nazem Kadri.
1: Wow. Okay, I'm I'm in. You still like Nazem Kadri? I'm in. It would be a lot of anger. Uh, a little bit of meat headedness. and the goal a score. A whole lot of big hits. Okay, yeah, maybe I had a maybe I should ramp up the meatheadedness because Tom Wilson is a meathead. The Tom problem Wilson is if is he a meathead, I don't the problem think... is if he wasn't a meathead, we'd be talking about him as like a, a top of the league play, and I'm not saying top three, top you know he would he certainly is, get a lot more plaudits than he does. The problem he is, is actually he's a meter. He's a meat prototype head. for the modern power
0: forward. He's a meathead. And uh, Billy Jaffe was talking about him in reference to a player we're going to talk about later and his development curve. Okay. Um, and comparing one of the Boston Bruins to him and quite frankly comparing that player favorably. Uh, I think there's other areas of paper ability um, mm-hmm. but we'll get to that in a second but if not if not the Nuge, and I think the Nuge is probably a much nicer match stylistically mm-hmm. to that uh, Nazim Kadri uh, another silky player, like who's still got a little tiny bit of an edge. I don't expect him to actually be available, and I don't expect that Washington would be willing to pay the price unless they could do it on a sign-in trade with like a long extension.
1: How long? We've seen
0: this team struggle for more than a for de- per- effectively a decade. We've seen them trade away quality player after quality player after quality player. They have three first, They have three third-round picks this year already. They have two second-round picks already. They have their own first this year. Um, and it's not they're going nowhere. It.
1: What? It's not fair to say those things about Montreal. That's not nice. I'm <laughs> not talking about Montreal. But I could be. I mean, the first guy uh, I thought you were going to mention was Adam Henrique, but okay.
0: Adam Henrique would be interesting but you wouldn't have to do as much to get him um, I think he's a quali- he is a quality two-way player
1: Well, he's 33 um, years old
0: he's 33 years old um, you know 19 points 37 uh, games this year on a team that's going nowhere yep. um, but Last the guy year of his contract. I'm actually thinking
1: of I'm actually thinking of is on that team <laughs> Really? Terry. Interesting.
0: He's out injured right now. Um, at Leo Carlson, which isn't great for their prospects in doing anything. But Troy Terry's got. He's Troy got, Terry's
1: got great. has got. He's got eight million years on his contract.
0: Well, so I, I thought I actually forgot that he had already been extended. Um, he is a he is a right wing, um, which would be isn't ideal in terms of uh, the need for a center, but he does pass the puck really well. If you're setting him up as the second wing on that line, it could really really work uh, because he is a distributor. He is a quality distributor. Okay. Um, or maybe you just go whole hog and you try and swap for both Henrique and Terry and you move out several other players. Um, There's the well, other Strome brother out there.
1: Oh, well, the Bruins can just trade them Pavel Zaka.
0: If, if Bruins want to trade Pavel Zaka <clears throat> and they can pick up good picks. That are going to be in the first 45 of this year's draft, I'm certainly not going to shed any tears. I didn't like the trade.
1: I know you didn't. That's why I said it.
0: I'm not super. I think that without David Preachy, quite frankly, propping him up, we're seeing more of the real Pavel Zaka.
1: As long as we don't have to take um, Max Pacioretty.
0: Who just just made his return after, what was it, 15 months, 18 months out? He was gone quite some time and, well, not in my personal favorite 1, 000, uh, top 1,000 NHL players of all time. I'm aware of this it is good for him and his family and the team to have him back.
1: I don't think there's anybody even in their system that I want from Montreal. I mean, we can trade Zaka, but it's going to have to be for...
0: To Montreal or to... To Washington. Washington. That's the thing. They've done a lot of what Boston has done in the last three or four... in the last decade in terms of Chasing the playoffs and chasing the playoffs and chasing the playoffs. Um and paying heavily for it.
1: Um I mean they they do have Ethan Bear.
0: I we know we both like Ethan Bear.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we could reunite the Van Riemsdyk brothers.
0: I think I'm gonna pass on that one.
1: Yeah, you and me both. They're not gonna trade us they, John Unless Carlson. we're
0: shipping J V R there. In which case...
1: Then I you're not reuniting them. You're just ships passing in the night.
0: No, no, no. We send Zaka and JBR there in in exchange for some draft picks because you're
1: for right. Reason. You do see... In exchange for in Ethan system. Bear.
0: And... So. don't need Ethan Bear at this point.
1: I know. I, but...
0: Unless you're unless you're going to move Shattenkirk, and I don't think there's that big a difference well, between the two players.
1: We could get Noah Hannafin, get rid of a BU guy for a BC guy, but you know, <laughs> why can't we have why can't we have players from other Boston schools besides BU? <laughs> I know we have Trevor Kuntar, but he's down in Providence, so he went to BC. Anyway, so, yeah, I don't know what Obi's going to do. And unfortunately, I don't want to see this. Uh, I don't want to see his attempt at hockey mortality fall short because suddenly they couldn't get him the puck anymore.
0: I mean, he was on That's pace why... to do it. Not this year, but early, but potentially by the end of next year. And now we're looking at a three or four year timeline, assuming he can do it.
1: Because I don't think it's all on him. I don't think suddenly age is caught up to him. Not not that dramatically. I mean, yes, is he going to slow down? Unfortunately, age catches up to everyone. He's going to be a little bit slower. He's going to, you know, it, the wind up might be a little bit slower. The release might be a little less quick. But I don't think it's that dramatic that he's suddenly going to fall off a cliff goal scoring wise. There's other elements at play here, as you said, and one of them is, yes, they don't seem to have players who can move the puck.
0: I mean, he's 64 or 65 goals from cracking the record at his current pace. That's like five more seasons. Right. He's only signed for three more. I don't expect him to take a $2 million contract for four years just so he can crack the record. He might do it, but I don't –
1: I'm also not going to say – be wrong. I'm also not going to say that he can't play into – I mean, whether it's KHL, whatever. I mean, yes. What's his name there? Yager is still playing at 51 years old. No, I'm not saying he can't play into his 40s or until his middle 40s. The question is, does he still want to be doing it at that age? Is, is It probably
0: this, comes down to how much he wants that record. Right. And I don't know that because I haven't had a conversation with him lately. And by lately, I mean in either of our lifetimes.
1: Yes, I'm. I agree. Um, it, it would be nice to see. It would be nice to see Washington do some. And I don't want to accuse Washington of not doing it. I, I, it just. It would. It, it would be nice to see them do something to get him and get the team what they need.
0: Because if he gets a center in the next ten games.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: that he can gel with over the... He can still put up 20 more goals easily this season, which brings the number down back into the realm of finishing the story by the end of next year. It, I mean, that would be his lowest total, his goal, lowest goal total ever uh, in a regu- in a full season this, if he only finish the season with 28 goals, but it w- he would still be in range with a 45 or so goal total to hit the next year, if assuming that that center gels with him and is also healthy for the season after. Um, and if we're going, I mean, one of the things to consider is that there were these. There were the rumors earlier this year that the Washington Capitals, or Washington Capitals ownership, was going to be building an arena outside of DC itself. Um,
1: I believe yeah, it didn't was in they? Arlington. They want to move it into Arlington, I believe it was in Virginia.
0: And you got to be able to sell tickets for that. You have to be able to convince the season ticket holders. To go someplace else, or to be able to replace them with other with other people. Um,
1: unfortunately, really some. Of, no, I was going to say, unfortunately, some of what's affecting that decision, though, is out of the control of hockey. It's it, it's more political and crime landscape based, unfortunately.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, we are running much heavier on time than I thought we were. Um, We're going to talk about a guy who I probably talk about entirely too much, who I hinted at earlier (laughs) in the show. You? No. Um, Trent Frederick, Trent Frederick, Trent Frederick. Oh, mine. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. Is he having a great last like five or six weeks?
1: Well, we 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 both met his family. I mean, the, the 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 we both met his family. I mean, the family. Yes. They, they're wonderful people. The brother choosing basketball over hockey. Well, you know, I guess to each his own. <laughs> look, look at it this way: if you had a NHL quality
0: brother, or big pro or big four quality brother, five or so years older than you, yeah would you really want to try and follow them if you're if it's not the sport that you
1: love no I respect it I I, I respect it <laughs> but they, I, I was just they, they really are a nice family I met the parents met the met the brother I mean, they really are nice people we met them at, at development camp a couple years in a row uh,
0: yes um, so Trent Frederick uh as we mentioned, picked up his first power play point, power play goal, and equipped power play shot.
1: About um, oh, time, isn't he on the, last night? About oh, time, isn't he on like the first power play unit? Plays a minute and a half out of each two minute power play. I mean, oh wait, no, he doesn't. No, nope, nope. Exactly. Nope. Nope. Um, Was he, he even on up a power his first play unit I don't... Point last
0: season? So. Yeah. He now has uh, he now has stuff in most columns. I don't, think, um,
1: I don't think he's on either power play unit. The fact that he was getting power play time at all is like a...
0: Well, JBR sat last game.
1: Oh, so uh, okay. So he played the bumper role.
0: I mean, I think that the stat of game-winning goals is soft. I don't think it's useless. But he had six out of his 17 goals last season, the the game winners.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And in his first semi bowl season, the 2021 season, 42 games for just four goals, but three of them were game winners. That was under the old coach.
1: The old coach last season is the same. No, as no, this no, year's. 2021. Oh, that was under, yeah, the, the, the Cassidy guy.
0: So whatever my issues with Cassidy and his shaping of young talent are, and I think that those issues are pretty real, he he still recognized that this guy belongs on the ice when you need good things to happen. You don't accidentally score as many because – one in effectively one in four of his goals in his career in the NHL have been game-winning goals.
1: He doesn't have any this season.
0: He doesn't have any this season, which is kind of hilarious because he's got more more goals in his thirty-eight goals games this season than he did in the sixty in the one hundred two games of the twenty-one and 21-22 seasons that he played. Um are those game winning goals coming? Sure. Um his twenty-one points now. Yes. Again, eclipses in 38 games, eclipses the eighteen he had in the 21-22 season. Okay. And last year he had 31 points in seventy-nine games. He's okay. ten points from matching a seven a full season total. And we haven't hit the halfway point
1: of the season. Well, he does does need to shoot more. Well, that's
0: something you identified. His shooting
1: percentage is at 22.2, but he's only got 54 shots on net. I mean,
0: even if he shoots more. Part of that progression that we're seeing from him, you know, the first full season he played was the 21-22 season. He had an 8.0 shoot, shooting percentage. That's very good for the defenseman, not so much for not so much for a forward. Right. Jumped to 14.2 last year, which is which is good for anyone. And he was rewarded with 17 goals. Yes. 22.2 this year. Um, there's probably I, I'm willing to bet you without looking, um, that there are at least four guys in the top 10 goals scored this season in the NHL who do not have a 20 or not at 22% for shooting.
1: Well, he needs to stop and listen to his head coach um, because the main reason he had 17 goals and and point and all those points last season was that Montgomery said to him, uh, and this was an, in, uh, an interview with Trent or with Montgomery. I don't remember. I got it secondhand. But apparently Montgomery basically said, yeah, uh, he needs to go out and he needs to be physical and shoot more.
0: <laughs> OK, of the guys in the top 10 in the league for goal scoring. Yes. For Sam Reinhart is at a absolutely absurd twenty seven point seven percent. Okay. Brock Besser is at a still completely silly twenty two point
1: six percent. Slightly above Trent Frederick. There you go.
0: And David Posternak and Nathan McKinnon have a lower shooting percentage this year than Trent Frederick did last year.
1: Well, yes, possibly. And
0: everyone else is around fifteen or sixteen percent, with Zach Hyman at eighteen and a half and Austin Matthews at eighteen six.
1: Based he needs to on go shooting
0: and, percentage.
1: He's gonna be more offensive minded and shoot more. Mm. And be and
0: Billy Jappy, finally, finally, finally. Okay, I I suspect he's been there a little while because he did defend him on a pretty regular basis last year. Okay. But he was talking about Trent Frederick as a top six player. Uh,
1: okay. I mean, minutes wise, he's not progression
0: playing. or in the progression to become a top six player. Okay. If you look at his last four games or his last five games
1: mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> last night, 16, four, four. Uh, so just under 17 minutes against Pittsburgh, 14, 11, um he also <clears throat> against Columbus 1538 against Detroit 1551 against New Jersey 1438 okay he's he's playing more minutes than most third line guys definitely more minutes than most fourth line guys he's not quite at the 17 <clears throat> 16 and a half or so minute average that you tend to see from that third from that second line winger. But yeah, he's getting there. And I love it. I absolutely love it. Okay. Frederick is one of those guys I had identified back in his, uh, dev camp days. And I am positively enjoying watching everyone else. See what I saw. On top of that, mm-hmm. in those five games, he has two two goal games, a three goal a three point game, um, and he's let's see, so he's a plus uh, seven in those five games. Okay, not too shabby.
1: No, just needs to shoot more. Maybe get a little bit of power play time, even if it's a second unit. I mean, this I is a board. team that this is a team that went through a stretch. That, this is a team that went through a stretch where they were scoring one goal per game for like four or five games straight, or something crazy like that. They they couldn't put the puck in. They needed a goal scorer beyond belief, and all they had was pasta. It's like. um if you allow this kid to play, I think that, and that's something you can say about John Beecher. Is he getting enough minutes? It, it, I don't, so, I don't know about Portra, but you know they're saying the same things about John Beecher. You know, you want to see the kids grow. You've got to let them play. Limiting him to five minutes a night is not. And that was the issue that I had with Cassidy is that he wasn't giving Trent enough minutes per night. He wasn't
0: giving Danton Heinen enough minutes a night either, well, and Danton Heinen is Danton
1: Heinen's doing so.
0: Danton Heinen is almost literally what I said he was six or seven years ago, the first time I saw him play. He is the new PJ Axelson. Like there is no player in the decade plus since PJ hung up the skates that reminds me more of him.
1: Then this guy. Yeah, it's the blonde hair I know. <laughs>
0: That's definitely it. It's also the uh it's also the uh the same accents because you know and PJ and PJ definitely have that Langley British Columbia accent.
1: And and, and, and it's the stature. I, yes, no, they are both they were they are both very, very good uh utility players. Two way players. 200 foot players. They're never going to get recognized with a Selkie award because they don't get enough points. But you look at their plus minus and you realize that uh, I'm willing to bet that he has a very high goal saved above replacement or whatever the heck that crazy stat is in in, uh, the advanced metrics or whatever. And you know, where he's responsible for. Goals not being scored or something. I don't know.
0: Yeah. If I, if I really,
1: understood them, I'd use it more, but I don't. But, yeah, you look at what he's doing on the ice. You look at the two-way play he's doing. And unfortunately, yeah, he's not going to get recognized with the Celtics. He's not going to get recognized with any award. But he's one of the better two-way forwards in the game, and it shows when he's on the ice.
0: Uh, and I think the fact that he was so willing to just plain sit, not wait on a, not take another offer, not go play in Europe, but hang around on a PTO for several for a couple of weeks at the beginning of the year in order to come play on the Boston Bruins and under Jim Montgomery again.
1: I also think that part of that is because his time in Pittsburgh was, Weird. I mean, he, he started out hot, but then it just fell off a cliff. I think he recognized that the way Boston plays, and it and, and it goes back through to when he was here with, with Cass, but the way Boston plays their game, it fits his game. Yes, and I, Pittsburgh. I, mean, of, I don't think Pittsburgh's game fit him.
0: No, and part of it was the inconsistency when he when he landed in Pittsburgh at the start of the twenty twenty one season.
1: He was leading goal
0: scorer. He was the leading goal scorer, but they had almost everyone out. Like he ended up with eighteen goals that season. He went from playing the first couple of games of that season and <clears throat> you know playing top line minutes. To um, to as soon as the regulars got back, <clears throat> his minutes dropped. They just fell off a cliff.
1: Which made no sense when this is the guy who's been.
0: Uh, I well. mean, their first game of the season uh, for Pittsburgh, he played eighteen thirty one. Yeah. <clears throat> two nights, uh, two games later, sixteen forty two, fifteen fifty seven. And then when the guys started returning, 9.36, 9.54, 8.29, 8.10, 7.56, you know, the minutes fell off. And this is a guy who should be playing right around that 12-minute mark. It seems to be where he does his best work.
1: He's actually ramping up here. You go back to December 30th, 13.01. December thirty-first against Detroit, fourteen twenty-three. January second and fourth, same amount of time, fourteen forty-two. Last night against Tampa Bay, he was up to fifteen and a half minutes per game, Or minutes, yeah, in the game, time on ice. So his minutes are ramping up. He's averaging around what, thirteen minutes this thirteen minutes a night this season, which is about where, yeah, like you said, it's about where I would expect it to be. No, he's averaging 14 minutes a night. My apologies, which is, again, yeah, I'd say I'd say high end would be 15 minutes. Low end would be like 12.
0: Yes. And obviously it's going to vary because of what happens in the game between penalties and power plays.
1: Uh, no, I agree with that. I, I just think that, yes, Danton Heinen, his game fits better here, and that's why he's a success here. But Trent I Frederick, I mean... Pfft.
0: Trent Please. Frederick may, may actually be part of saving Don Sweeney's job. His
1: shooting, his shooting percentage can afford to take a hit, even if it drops down to 16%. If it means that he's... Scoring more goals, I'll take it.
0: <laughs> because you look at that 2016 draft. Yeah. He was picked 29th that year. Yep. Jordan Kyrie was still on the board at that point. Alex DeBrinket was still on the board at that point. Um,
1: Why do you do this to me?
0: <laughs> he ended up picking and then trading Ryan Lindgren.
1: Um, mm-hmm. By the way, he's in. He's playing for the Rangers, and he plays with the, you know, Norris Trophy winner.
0: Okay. All and Adam Fox <coughs> went not very long later.
1: Uh huh. Um, this is very depressing right now. It's
0: depressing, but look at look at the difference between Trent Frederick in the last hundred and change games we've seen him play. Versus the first 70 or 80 games we saw him play. I've been a big fan since Dev Camp. Yes. But if you're asking me to rate the 2016 draft for the Boston Bruins based on this year or based on what we know today versus what we knew then, of course he looks better. Um, Granted, he's, I think, the only person from that draft currently playing for the Bruins no. Uh, well, no. Um, they they had
1: McAvoy first.
0: Yes, Lindgren, the Hall of
1: Famer was taken at fourteen.
0: Lindgren, um, who they traded. Uh, yeah, Yuna uh, Kapanen, who has played eight games in the NHL. Cameron Clark and Oscar Steen. Um, this this takes you to two solid NHL players. And if you're going to have two solid NHL players out of a draft of six guys, it mm-hmm. should be your first rounders. I think that I st- I will I will I'm, die on the hill that trading Ryan Lindgren uh, was a bad, bad move.
1: I have to stop you for a moment. You just called Charlie McAvoy a solid player.
0: I'm a Hall of Famer. I didn't call him the best <laughs> at what he does. I said he was solid.
1: Okay. I just had to – I had to clarify that because it's not I, – I, no.
0: I don't think he's a terrible player. I just okay. don't, I also don't put him in the top 20 defensemen in the league. Okay. Oh, and we haven't gotten that far yet, uh, ladies and gentlemen uh, listening, mm-hmm. but if your seventh player uh, award uh, votes aren't being – Put in your back pocket for Brandon Carlo. Um, I want to know who you're – I want to know what what league you're watching.
1: Brandon Carlo is leading the team in plus-minus, by the way.
0: Brandon Carlo has been the best defenseman on this team all season. It's not close. Please don't argue with me. I will laugh too hard, and it won't be a polite laugh.
1: That's not nice.
0: When have I ever claimed to be a nice guy?
1: <laughs> um we had our uh, will
0: he or won't he poll. Um will Jake de Brusk score a goal before January seventh? Today is conveniently January seventh. Um poll got a good chunk of votes. Um and it looked like half of the people were going to be right. Um up until the right after Christmas. Um But he's got like three goals since then. So the other half of the people were right. Um He's got the uh, other half
1: of them. OK, well, he had a decent game last night, so.
0: Yeah, he had the empty netter. He had a goals the other he had uh, two additional goals the other night. Let me
1: look. He's, he's he might, up to he he's up to goals. he's up to eight now. He's up to eight. He's he's on the he's on the cusp of double digits. He's.
0: Um, But when we put the poll out, he had not scored in quite some time.
1: Yeah, he was on. He was on quite the um, dry stretch. Yeah, he is. He scored three. He scored four goals in the last five games. He's got one against.
0: he He scored a goal and then he went until December 30th to score his next goal. Yes, and since then he's got goals in four out of five games,
1: That's what and I just he
0: said. has an assist in that other game.
1: Four uh, goals and five points in five games. Yes, uh, actually six points in five games because he had a goal and he had a goal and an assist in New Jersey. Yes. Um, so maybe finally warming up, or maybe we need to figure out who's centering the line that he's on and leave him there. Hey, DeBrusque is another one to me like Ovi, maybe for different reasons, but he also needs a center. He's not. He's good on breakaways, but he's not good at creating his own chances. Yes.
0: And it doesn't necessarily need to be a center for him. It needs to be someone else on the ice, preferably the other winger. Uh, I was not the center who actually passes him the bleeding puck mm-hmm. um, and for part of Martian trying to do too much in the beginning of the season, he wasn't passing as much he was carrying he was holding on to the puck a little bit too long
1: um, that C he, he is he very stopped, heavy.
0: he stopped doing that
1: yes the sea is very heavy regardless of whether they want to admit it or not it weighs a lot more than it looks
0: and And i think that i think on
1: i think they are are
0: 15 games away from brad marshans 1000th nhl game really okay um any guesses who's going to present Brad Marchand with the silver stick? And by guesses, I
1: mean, just say it's, the name. By guesses, I mean, if you need if you need to guess, then where if have you ha- been? haven't
0: been watching the last 20 years?
1: <laughs> it's clearly going to be Don Sweeney. <laughs>
0: I really thought they'd trot, out, uh, uh, clearly they'd gonna, trot they, out the
1: Mad Fisherman for it, but they're clearly going to fly Tyler Sagan in. Wait, no.
0: Tyler Wait. Sagan and their matching tattoos?
1: Yes. Yeah, no, if it's not if it's not Patrice Bergeron, I don't think you should bother having the ceremony, but okay. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Patrice wasn't available, so we're moving it to the next game. Okay, you know, there you go. <laughs> yeah, if it's um, not so Patrice, then... Today is it, the
0: seventh... Um, let's see.
1: He's that close. Wow! I didn't realize he finally. I mean, it's a little bit of time, but that's all right. That's okay. So we got. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's it, it for me. It's a question of. When are they going to get themselves a center so that they can help everyone to When are they going to get <laughs> everyone? Yes, so that they can help Marshawn, so that they can help Frederick. Because unfortunately, Fred Frederick, listed as a center, should not be a center. His faceoff percentage this season not. is not his
0: best in his career and still
1: not good. It's ungood. It's thirty nine percent? It's very ungood.
0: It's- Even Mark Savard, when he first arrived, was better and was better at uh, face offs. Granted, Mark Savard was like twelve years older too, but
1: um, very ungood.
0: Circle the date, boys and girls: February March thirteenth. Uh, mm-hmm. um, Bruins will be hosting the Tampa Bay Lightning. That should be Bradley's one thousandth game.
1: Are they actually going to do the ceremony on his one thousand? Because didn't Bergeron get it like it? He got like, it
0: like two or three games later. Yes. Um, they will also play Seattle on the fifteenth.
1: Is the Tampa Bay game home. at home?
0: And then um, Saturday the seventeenth is a home game.
1: See, that's when they're, they're going to wait until a home game. That's why I'm saying if if well, Tampa Bay it's is a stretch one stretch
0: of four home. Uh, actually, it's a decent stretch uh, oh, okay. of home games. It's a It looks like it runs from, like, February 6th right through February 19th. They're all at home. Okay. Um, if If they swipe, if they do it against Los Angeles, which is a national game, I will feel really, really bad for Jack Edwards, who will love, absolutely love doing this.
1: Fair enough. OK, I mean, yeah, if they do it on if they do it on his 1000th game, that'd be cool. I mean, it's Tampa Bay is so decent. Opon- I, 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 but, so opponent, But
0: don't opponent you because that series against Tampa Bay on the way to the cup win, of which yes. there are very few players left on the Tampa side and only Brad left on the Boston Green. side. Yes, um, was that was his coming out year. I mean, he was a rookie. Um, He'd played a couple of games the year before and done not enough. But that year he just exploded. And I think that's a great opponent uh, to do it. Yeah. Um, I mean, Seattle would be neat and Los Angeles. okay, And Dallas, you know, you do it against Dallas.
1: Tyler Sagan would be there. (laughs) See that you thought I was joking. You thought I was joking. They're going to wait for the Dallas game and Tyler will already be in town. Um, the two of them could get told <laughs> to leave town
0: uh, again after the game. I'm not,
1: I'm not saying they I'm not saying they won't put his butt in, a, in an Uber and send him off to the airport, but, you know. <laughs> uh, what else do we have to cover today? Uh, well, we've got you you mentioned the injury ninja but the injury ninja is affecting more than just um more than just Matt Nieto because uh, apparently the injury ninja insists that Chicago has to be worse than they already are apparently they're not bad enough
0: you know people talk about tanking like it's a bad thing <laughs>
1: Tanking is a bad thing. You're not supposed to do it.
0: <laughs> I I think long term and for the well the help of a business, I would I would totally tank as an owner. Really? Like the fact that Chicago is already the second worst team in the league in terms of points. Um with with Bedard on the injured reserve for his broken jaw. Yes. Um, and them already having played one less game but having three more points than San Jose, Mm -hmm. I would absolutely take the opportunity to leave Bedard on the shelf an extra week
1: and uh, warm
0: uh, warm up the trade phone. And maybe move on from one or two of the players who you think are going to fetch something useful,
1: such as
0: hey, teams who were looking for leadership. Nick Felino, yep, it was great to have you here. Get out.
1: Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, the fact that Taylor Hall is out. Uh, Chicago's got it pretty rough, but apparently the injury ninja insists that they need to be worse than they already are because you take Um, away the number one draft pick. And right now, probably the guy who's looking, staring the, the Calder trophy, you know, dead in the face. I I just,
0: quite frankly, they had his name engraved on the Calder trophy plate uh, in August, maybe at the draft.
1: There are some other kids out there that are, Pretty good. Though. I mean, Logan Cooley. I don't disagree and, with you. But yes, but the reality I do.
0: is that the awards voters get tend to get tunnel vision. Yes. Um, Jason Dickinson is someone that they might be willing to move on from. Okay. Um, if they can make themselves just a little bit worse and give themselves a better shot at getting Macklin uh, in the draft. Uh, Macklin Celebrini
1: Macklin Celebrini Mm -hmm.
0: Projected first overall If you have the two of them at the top of your roster For 10 years Mm -hmm. You're probably going to do okay
1: Yeah So do we think that do we think that the the, the Chicago is tanking to try and repeat last year? And it almost seems like they're following the Edmonton playbook because Edmonton for years.
0: Well, Edmonton was just plain inept. I think that Chicago might be doing it on purpose. Well, (laughs) I don't think they
1: injured their players, but Yes, I'm not saying that, but I'm not saying they injured Bedard on purpose. Let's no nip that in the bud right now.
0: I mean, right now they have nine guys on the injured reserve. Um, Two more guys who were on the season-opening injured reserve, um, and that's not actually counting. I know that is including Bedard. So they've got Seth Jones, Taylor Hall. Tyler Johnson, Andreas Adana Anthony Belovier, Nick Fellino, Connor Bedard, Joey Anderson, and Taylor Radish, all out on injured reserve.
1: That's Wow, I could I could
0: That's thirty-five and a half million dollars or forty-two point four percent of the salary cap <clears throat> um, with an average age of only twenty-eight point one. Which came down when, uh, which went down noticeably when um, Bedard was added. but
1: um, the And
0: then you also team. had Nick Savoy and, uh, I'm sorry, Luke Phillip and Samuel Savoy on that season opening injured reserve. Okay. So of the guys who you can move, I don't know that there's, I mean, yeah, Jason Dickinson, UFA at the end of the year, 28 years old. Arguably, on his way to, uh, he's having a career goal season. Someone who wants depth, there's your boy. Okay. Go grab a second, uh, go grab a second or a third and a fourth for him, and uh, take your flowers. Um, Ryan Donato, whose bags are probably permanently packed.
1: Um yeah, No. 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 He's, you we know, already, we already dealt him once. We playing
0: don't. like a third-line player. Okay. Someone who needs depth might might just pick him up. Um, we saw Jared Tenorti play well here a couple of years ago. He was picked up off the waiver wire. So if they can get absolutely anything for him, they're coming out ahead in the transaction.
1: <laughs> okay, fair enough.
0: Um. Their defense is all wildly young with four guys on an entry-level contract, um, thanks to the uh, Injury Ninja's
1: thoroughness. (laughs) Thoroughness. (laughs) Well, I I mean, I brought up the Injury Ninja because you put down Matt Nieto being, and he underwent. Successful. I mean, not that I wanted to digress and move off to Chicago and, and completely ignore Matt Nieto, but um, he apparently had laparoscopic surgery on his right knee, uh, six to eight weeks.
0: Technically, it's surgery because laparoscopic means going through the stomach, but details, details.
1: Yeah, I can attest to that. Um, so, unless they went in through his stomach to fix his knee, which Seems like a long way around. I just I Maybe. could be wrong. I could be wrong, but it seems like it's a long way to go to get to the knee. Um, seems like you might create additional problems
0: uh, by doing so.
1: I mean, is 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 Matt Nieto having that kind of a season that the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to seriously miss him? Have we looked into this? I mean,
0: I mean the Pittsburgh Penguins. I think they're a fragile team. I think they're, you know, someone catching the flu away from missing the playoffs. Okay. Um, So anyone who's going to be out a while is...
1: The the problem with the flu is when one person catches it, the whole team catches it. Just because Matt Nieto had laparoscopic knee surgery. I'm sorry, that sounds funny to say. Just because he had knee surgery does not mean the whole team is going to have knee surgery because it's not contagious. So comparing it to the flu is a little bit different, but I get what you, I see where you're going with it. Yeah. Nikita they, Zaitsev,
0: um, everyone's always looking for defenseman going into uh, going into the playoffs. And uh-huh. he is a UFA. He does have a 10 team no trade list. Wasn't Wasn't he just traded to Chicago?
1: Um, or, he went he landed in Chicago the uh towards the end of the last season oh sorry that i'm thinking it was adorov i'm thinking it was adorov he was just traded from wherever calgary or something there is one other injury and i don't say this very often but and and i don't mean to be an insult i just think that this player is having a difficult time this season compared to what he did last year but um Phoenix Copley is actually gonna miss the rest of the season. He had uh ACL injury, I believe it was. Mm. The, he the thing is he's played yeah, it, not pretty and, and and I wish him, you know, speedy and, and full one hundred percent recovery. The reason why I say addition by subtraction though is he even though last year he had a solid year for L.A. when they were struggling in net with their four-headed monster, whatever it was, where he had a 9.03 save percentage, not great, but not terrible, and a 2.64 goals against. But at this season, in eight games, he had dropped to an 8.70 save percentage and a 3.16 goals against in eight games. His replacement is... Uh, An old friend of the Calgary Flames, David Riddick, who not impressive much, but in three games with the Kings since they brought him in, David Riddick has a 1.62 goals against average and a 926 save percentage. That's uh, definitely not terrible. I, again, smaller sample size. You know, it's only three games compared to the eight that Phoenix Copley played, but dramatically better numbers. And then you've got Cam Talbot, who is the number one there right now, and he's got like a 915, say, percentage, somewhere around there. Um, clearly, they're not going the way the Bruins do and, and splitting things evenly down the middle. It's definitely a one-two scenario there because, yeah, you kind of have to lean on the 36-year-old at this point, especially with the numbers Phoenix Copley was putting up. Uh, Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm underselling him. He has a 2.1 goals against average and a 9.25 save percentage. So I'm thinking as much as Phoenix Copley saved their bacon sort of last season and he was struggling this year, so addition by subtraction. I hate to say it that way, but it is.
0: Absolutely. Um and I think we've actually covered everything everything we had well, on the board this week and possibly a little more.
1: Not only that, but we are we, we've hit our time target mark here, which is Well, we've gone yeah. way over. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, we we it, it's been a very good show. There was there lots of info on the board, but a lot of it can be covered at another time. So,
0: absolutely, we'll have a new will he or won't he uh, in the show in the show link. Uh, make sure you drop by and vote. If you have anything you want to know about? Uh, want our opinion on? Let us know, um, and tell us who you're voting for for the all star. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit next week if we get a chance. Um, we are also um, and this is a sneak preview silly season oh no we're going to ask a Ah. really important question to those uh, a little bit north of us oh is this the year the Canadian team wins the Stanley Cup
1: oh I have an answer for that one
0: that hockey fans is where we leave you
1: happy new year happy new year everybody (laughs) take care